Tired of long waits and rushed care at the ER and urgent care clinic? Next time, stay home and let Dispatch Health bring the power of the hospital to you. I call Dispatch Health. A care team of medical professionals actually come to your house. They're the same caliber of people that you would see if you were at a hospital or an urgent care. Dispatch Health can treat most non-life-threatening emergencies. They can do the x-rays, they can do stitches. Urinary tract infections, blood tests, urinalysis, ultrasound. It's almost everything that they can do at the ER. You never feel rushed. They're there for you and only you. I felt like their only patient. And it costs no more than a trip to urgent care because Dispatch Health is covered by most insurance, including Medicare. See if we serve your home at DispatchHealth.com. Dispatch Health really went above and beyond. It's wonderful to have care come to your home. House calls are back and they're better than ever. Learn more at DispatchHealth.com. Holy cow, folks. Holy cow. Lot of stuff to cover here. Lot of stuff. This is this is pretty much the news, the biggest news I've ever talked about. The, the biggest subject from a secular political point of view. So let's get into it. The FBI raided former President Trump's home in Mar-a-Lago in Florida while he was away campaigning for uh, another Republican in Alaska, I believe is where he was. Uh, At any rate, the enormity of this situation cannot be overstated. A lot of... uh, A lot of commentarians, commentators are referring to this as the crossing of the Rubicon. And they're not entirely wrong, but they are partially wrong. Allow me to explain. The Rubicon was actually crossed... um, the night that they were counting the votes for the 2020 election. The Rubicon was crossed when Mike Pence, a Democrat in all but label, allowed the votes of the electors to be certified. That was when the Rubicon was crossed, when the Democrats were allowed by the Republicans to steal the 2020 election. This right here is an extension of that, but the the real... That was really when it happened. Because when that occurred, the establishment Republicans, via uh, Mike Pence's either weakness or complicity, uh, created the situation such that the Democrats felt correctly 
that they now could do whatever they wanted. And that's what they're doing. The Republicans gave them permission via Mike Pence, the rhinos, if you will, the establishment, gave the Democrats permission to take over this country. It was the Republicans, via Mike Pence, that violated the Constitution and allowed those fraudulent electors' votes to stand and be certified. So ultimately, from an elected official standpoint, that's who is to blame for this situation. But we could go back even further, much, much, much further, decades further, and place the blame on the voters of the United States. Because we, the people, according to our founding documents, are the government of the United States. We, the people, are the rulers of the United States, per the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, mostly per the Constitution. We are the government of the United States. And we, the people, and it wasn't us because this happened many decades ago, post-World War II, I would think. I haven't really looked that much into it, but, excuse me, we decided that we were going to allow, we, we were going to delegate our power to the legislature and executive branches, which is how it's supposed to go, but we stopped watching them. We got lazy and we just decided that we were going to vote over and over and over again the same people into their office. And those people, in order to maintain the power that we gave them and to create for themselves more power, started voting accordingly to entrench themselves into those positions of power and make themselves a permanent political class. They created a class system because we allowed them to do so. We continued to vote them in because they continued to send us stuff, free stuff. And the Democrats became the primary party for that. 
to give the people free stuff. Don't you worry about it, people. We'll take care of it for you. You just keep voting us in. We'll take care of the situation for you. Just trust us. And not ironically at all, the primary occupation of the people who were voted to do this were lawyers, such that they could draft laws that would slowly but surely entrench themselves in power and forge chains of slavery around us, around we the people. They reversed the Constitution on us. Thus, we created a primary party, the Democrats, who could rule and a secondary party, the Republicans, who could act as a pressure relief valve. Both of them getting the benefits of being in power. But when we got tired of the primary party, the Democrats, doing things that we felt were overreaching, we would vote the Republicans in. And the Republicans would come in into power, promising to take care of us and to reverse the things that the Democrats did, but they never do it. They continued to move in the same direction under the auspices of bipartisanship, allowing the Democrats to continue their move to the left, just doing it slower and all the time decrying what the Democrats were doing. They still do this today. If you go onto social media, specifically Twitter, you will find the Republicans vocally, not vocally, but for lack of a better term, being very vocal, about all of the rotten, terrible stuff that the Democrats are doing. While they themselves, one, offer no solutions, and two, do nothing to prevent it from happening. They actually have a cute little system set up such that if a vote is going to be really close, But they don't want to tar any Republicans for voting for the encroachment on liberties of people. What they will do is they will have a small number of Republicans, just enough to give the Democrats the win, to not be present for the vote. so that those people who are not present for the vote cannot be blamed for the outcome of the vote. Dan Crenshaw is one of those people who is frequently absent for important votes so that the Democrats can get the win. This system has been in place again for decades. We the people allowed it to happen because we stopped watching them.
and whenever the Democrats need a big win, the Republicans hand it to them. The Republicans are entirely complicit in this situation, and they are entirely to blame for the situation, because we, the people, when we started to wake up, voted them into positions such that they could oppose the Democrats. That was their job. We, not understanding the system that had been put in place, voted them as a party of opposition. And they performed as a party of opposition the way an actor performs on a TV show. Political theater. And then one day we finally get tired of the situation, not still, most of us not entirely understanding what was going on. We voted for a man who really wanted to represent us and who wanted to set the system straight, which surprised the hell out of the establishment, who I refer to as the left. When I talk about the left, two things you need to know. First of all, I'm talking about Republicans and Democrats who are complicit as the establishment altogether. That's the left. Second of all, when I refer to the left, I am referring to the biblical passage that talks about how Christ brings together all the people, the sheep on the right and the goats on the left, the goats being the ones who rejected him, knowingly rejected him. That's who I talk about when I talk about the left. A lot of times when I'm discussing this, just letting you know out there, I am. I frequently will refer to what we see going on in the world, but what is also going on in the spiritual realm. As a Christian, I believe in the spiritual realm and that what we do in this world mirrors what's going on in the spiritual realm. But that's a discussion for another day. Back to this mess. This mess that we created and that we are responsible for cleaning up. But don't think that these folks are going to give up their power without a fight. That's what this whole situation is about. This situation is about them maintaining their power because when we elected Trump and he started to threaten to tear down the system that they had spent decades putting together, he became their number one target. They tried, first of all, to smear him in the arena of public opinion, but we weren't listening anymore. We were not watching their propaganda outlets, CNN, NBC, MSNBC, CNBC, LMNOP, EIEIO, 
all the rest of the alphabet network outlets, CBS, ABC, don't want to don't want to throw them away. And now even Fox News. Fox News, the voice of the National Review, the voice of the Pence Republicans. Don't want to leave them out. People who I previously very much respected. Sean Hannity and Mark Levin, I'm looking at you. Those people are the voice for the establishment. But we aren't listening anymore. We have alternative methods of gaining intelligence on you. And since we weren't listening anymore, they got even more panicked. What can they do if they cannot tar him in the arena of public opinion using their propaganda outlets. Well, they're going to have to convict him of something. They're going to have to impeach him and kick him out. So that's what they tried with the Russia collusion hoax. But that didn't work because there was nothing there. Going back to the spiritual realm, this reminds me of the show trial at Caiaphas's house that they had for Jesus, which was also in itself illegal because it was held during the nighttime, which was against Levitical law. Levitical law also stated that in order to convict somebody, you had to have at least two witnesses agreeing to the same situation. But as the Bible states, they did not have those witnesses. All of the witnesses they brought forward were telling different stories. Same thing was going on with the Russia collusion hoax. The same thing is going on with the January 6th committee. These are show trials still playing for the press because there are some people who watch and they desperately need to hang on to those people. They desperately need to fan the flames of emotionalism and hatred in those people so that they can keep them. But still, they're losing those people too, bit by bit by bit. And they couldn't convict. And they still can't convict. They still can't get witnesses on the January 6th committee to prove that Trump committed any crime at all. Nobody can come forward and point to the U.S. Code and show a single crime that he has committed. Which is what this situation is about. They had to create a crime that would prevent Trump from holding office again because that is what they fear the most. 2022, they feel that they might be able to absorb and they might be able to deal with because they've done it before. When we vote new people in, it's very, very easy for them to convert them to the DC way of life. It's very easy 
to poison them and bring them into the fold of the establishment. That's not as big a problem for them. They've faced that before. But what they're really, really, really scared of is the dismantling of the system that they have set up in the executive branch, which is their fault done purposefully. The legislature, going back decades again, that we elected, the establishment that we elected, decided that they were going to create as close to a monarchy as they could. And all monarchies, if you look back in history, really aren't about the ruler themselves, but about the court behind the ruler. And they needed to establish an unelected, unaccountable court that would act in their favor all the time. So they created the federal bureaucracy by delegating the job that the legislature, the jobs that the legislature should be doing to an unelected federal bureaucracy. That bureaucracy vested legislative power to the executive branch and created what was in effect a monarchy. And they continued to create department upon department in areas that would allow them to strip power from the states and the people and in effect try to nullify the Tenth Amendment of the United States, which states that any powers not specifically granted to the federal government in the Constitution of the United States are reserved for the states and the people. Two examples, two egregious examples are the EPA and the Department of Education. The Department of Energy is another one. These are areas in which the federal government has absolutely zero authority but they usurped the authority for themselves, and again, we allowed it to happen. Because, hey, it's dealing with situations that we don't want to have to deal with. But a lot of these federal agencies were based on crises that were invented entirely out of whole cloth, I'm speaking primarily of the environmental issues, and were backed up by so-called scientists who were paid very well for their opinions and their intentional invention 
of these crises. We have a similar situation now with COVID, except now that they're using biological weapons against we, the people, some of those weapons can be very dangerous. But one thing I want to point out about this, on this slight tangent, is the fact that these kill. And they do not care. As a matter of fact, the more death, the better it is for them. Because it proves that this is actually a crisis. This was something, something that they couldn't do with the environmental crisis. They could not directly assign deaths to that. This they can. In order to try to panic the people, and if you panic the people, the people will give more power to the government to deal with the crises that they themselves are creating. But I digress. What they're trying to do with this raid on Trump, the auspices of the whole situation, is that Trump tried to destroy classified information, classified documentation, and, and the, 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 the theory is that the classified documentation that he tried to destroy was something that would implicate him in a crime. So they can't implicate him in a crime, but they can try to implicate him in the destruction of evidence that would implicate him in a crime. Which would explain why they can't implicate him in a crime, because he destroyed the evidence, which was classified documentation. And the reason that they're using this particular approach is because if they can get him on this, part of the punishment of being convicted of this crime is that the individual can no longer run for public office. That's why they picked this. This is what would have happened to Hillary Clinton had the FBI not already been weaponized by the Obama administration. Hillary Clinton actually did destroy classified documentation. 33,000 emails on a private server in her basement. She destroyed she also destroyed multiple cell phones with information on those. This is verifiable. It was investigated by the FBI and hushed up. Same thing with the Hunter Biden laptop. Investigated, they got a hold of the evidence, and now they're holding it. And this is another thing that they're scared of, because if Trump gets back into power, he's going to have this stuff investigated. The Hunter Biden laptop, the Clinton emails, 
Jeffrey Epstein, Ghislaine Maxwell, the whole nine yards, the whole ball of wax, and this will tear them down. He is also planning on tearing down the oligarchy that they created with the federal bureaucracy. Because right before the 2020 election, he signed an executive order that changed the status of tens, if not hundreds of thousands of federal employees, such that they no longer have those very valued protections for their employment. And they can indeed be fired. It's always been a, a meme, a joke almost, that federal employees cannot be fired. Just go to the post office, walk in, you will have one or two people working behind the counter and seven to nine people hanging out in the break room drinking coffee. Same thing at the Social Security office. Because they can't be fired. Well, guess what, folks? Now they can. And one of the things that he is planning on doing when he gets back into power is firing tens, if not hundreds of thousands of federal employees. Tearing down what they have spent decades building. So they have to try to get him on this. But at the same time, they also have to do it publicly. Just like they did with several of his advisors, indicting them and making a big deal about it in the news that nobody watches. Instead of allowing themselves to turn themselves in, publicly arresting them and shackling them hand and foot as if they were Hannibal Lecter, and publicly raiding the private residence of a former president of the United States. All of this, nothing more than theater and a fishing expedition. Maybe they can find something, anything, which, by the way, is not how warrants are supposed to work. This is a violation of the Fourth Amendment. Warrants are supposed to be specific as to the things that they are searching for. The warrant that was granted for the president's resident, ooh, that rhymes, was delivered by a judge that used to work for Jeffrey Epstein and was a major donor for the Obama campaign. Surprise, surprise. And just like the fraudulent Steele dossier allowed the FBI to get FISA warrants to spy on candidate Trump and then later President Trump, they're using fraudulent evidence, or they used fraudulent evidence, to get this warrant. What did they use? Let me show you. 
they use this. This is how stupid they think we are. And that they're trying to make the president out to be. They, they have created a story that is so ridiculously unbelievable that, that I, it blows my mind how stupid this is. Their story is that the president of the United States attempted to destroy classified documentation by throwing it in the toilet and trying to flush it. In order to prove their point, they took pictures of pieces of paper that were torn up and theoretically thrown into a toilet. You will see them at the bottom of both of these toilets. They had to create a situation such that it looked like it happened multiple times. In both instances, the pieces of paper were torn in large pieces, and in both of them, the pieces of paper somehow ended up at the bottom of the toilet and facing in such a way that you could read them. And the ink on the pieces of paper was in no way smudged by the water in the toilet. Now, looking at these, Only a moron would think that they could flush that down the toilet, first of all. Second of all, if I say I have this piece of paper with secret information on it and I want you to destroy it, how would you do it? Would you flush it down the toilet? No. The first thought that pops into your mind is you're going to burn it. If you really know your stuff, you're going to burn it and you're going to mix up the ashes. Some of you might think I'm going to shred it, but if you shred something, even that with a very patient individual and the help of a computer can be put back together. But if you burn it and you mix up the ashes, it's gone. Nobody, I repeat, nobody on the face of the planet would think, I'm going to tear it up and throw it in the toilet and flush it. Nobody. But if they said, well, he burned the documents, then, well, you can't prove that. You have to show that he tried to destroy it. And this is the way that they came up with. But still, there are questions. If I had been a real judge, unlike the one that granted the warrant, 
if I had been a judge, my first thought would be, well, A, how do you prove that that toilet was used by the President of the United States? How do I know that that's a toilet? Second thing I'd want to know is, who the hell takes pictures of toilets? Look at the angle of the photos on both of these. They're identical. Who took the picture? The next thing I'd want to know is, what are those documents? How do I know those are classified documentation? You, you can't prove that A, those are classified, B, they were written by Trump, C, they were torn up by Trump, D, that they were thrown away in a toilet by Trump. You can't prove any of that. All they have is pictures of two toilets with torn up paper in them that have writing that is just big enough to be seen and just happens to be facing the right way. And oh, by the way, when you tear up paper and you throw it in a toilet, guess what happens to it? It floats. It doesn't sink to the bottom. It floats. None of this, none of this is worthy of a warrant to search the home of a former president of the United States. Now, where does this leave us now that this has been done? Folks, this is a very dangerous thing. This is a very dangerous place we find ourselves in. And I'm going to have to get to that in another segment. But I'm going to tell you that the knife's edge that this nation has been walking for since Obama, Obama was the one that put us on this knife's edge. This knife's edge has become a hell of a lot sharper and a hell of a lot more dangerous. And depending on what our real elected leaders do right now, right now. This could be the end of the United States as we know it. The situation could go hot. There are a lot of possibilities and at this point not enough data. Not enough decisions have been made for me to really give a good analysis as to which direction we're going. So we'll just have to wait and see on what happens. And 
when I get more information, I'll let you know. But in another segment, we'll discuss the possible ramifications of which way this could go. Y'all take care and start praying. My Christian brothers and sisters out there, start praying hard. <laughs>